Hey everybody, welcome to Identical Cousins 9, Working with Apple, Q theme music. Hey Michael, how you doing? Hello Brent. Had wonderful holidays, I hope. Oh yeah, unbelievable. Like last episode, you know, we recorded before the new year. Now we're in the new year and we're already 11 days in. Time's a flying. Oh my goodness, we're almost halfway through January. Yeah, That's so, uh, and at the end of this month, of course, is Macworld Expo. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to be there just two days, Friday and Saturday. Well, Yeah, I'm going to be there two or three days. I'm not sure yeah. yet, but at least two or three days. That would be fun. So do you just drive in? Or do you actually get a hotel room in, in town? Um, I do drive in, but I get a hotel room as well. And um, the reason being is I'm usually, uh, I'm more tempted to come home and just go in for like one day and very short if I don't. Mm -hmm. And then stuff's going on. So that way, you know, I can hang out kind of late and I don't have to worry about coming home and getting up. And I don't know, I just mm -hmm. kind of, yeah. That makes sense. Well, I'm, looking, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's smaller than WWDC, but it's kind of like, the people that you most want to see are usually there, so it's really cool. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. For me, it's about the it's about the people. I mean, even for WWDC, it's about the people. Absolutely, it is. The community, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. You'll be there. Uh, hopefully, most of the people listening will be there. It'd be nice to uh, meet you if you're there. Just look for us and say hello. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, just for everyone who, who doesn't know. It's January 31st to February 2nd, and um, yeah. Yeah, in sunny San Francisco. It's going to be yes. fun. Yes, sunny, cloudy San Francisco. Well, yeah, okay. Yes. Oh, foggy, excuse me, foggy, foggy. It's, it's, going, to be cloud, it's, fog. it's going to be miserable, actually. But, you know, we'll be indoors most of the time, so don't worry. I, it's not miserable. San Francisco is amazing. <laughs> yeah. We could have a whole episode debating that, I bet. All right, yeah, anyway, so, <laughs> so yeah, so the new year is off to a good start. Everything is going well. Um, yeah, so uh, any, any news going on? I know we have our glass board comments we want to address. Yeah, let's get to that. I, you know. News sh schmooze. We, we, don't, we don't need to yeah. cover the news. We, we, we don't need no stinking news. No, no. We gotta, you know, there are other great podcasters who cover the news. We don't need to do it, too. All right. That's, so is this, a new, is this a, a new theme for 2013? I think I just don't care about the news. Or I care about the news, but I just don't want to talk about it. All right. So How's no that? more talking about news on Identical Cousins. If you yeah. don't like this idea, let us know on the glass board. Yeah, I think that's fair. That means shorter podcasts and less to edit. Yay! Yay! <laughs> yeah, we have people on, on Glassboard, so we have a little follow-up, some comments. People are talking about um, about the Pebble watch, and um, people you know, have ideas for what would make a watch useful. Things like a fitness monitor, uh, a notification system, uh, or... Um, doing locking of your phone, right? If it's if your phone yeah. isn't anywhere near your watch, you know, it would be locked, etc. And you know, those things are okay, but I don't think there isn't any of those or even all of them taken together that's worth the cost, at least to me, of having a thing, a big thing on my wrist. I mean, I mentioned this last week. I I, I would actually like a watch that would give me information from my phone so I don't have to get my phone out or potentially let's say, stop the ringing by pressing something. You know, just something that's on my wrist because a wrist is handier than reaching in your pocket. Yes, I know, first world problems. Yeah, mm -hmm, I know. Mm -hmm, sure. But my point is, is I find that interesting. I think a good watch that's classically designed, nice looking, pleasing, maybe even not classically designed, maybe even a new design is fine. But my point is something that looks nice, mm -hmm. that's light, 
good battery life, you know, things that basically just work frictionlessly. I guess um, I can't imagine I could dig it. something small enough uh, to be cool that would still be useful. Okay, fair enough. There you go. But I'm just saying, if it was all the best right things, it would be cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not saying that exists right now. I'm just saying like that, that Casio one I saw last week sounds kind of cool. Um, mm. I've looked at one of the things on the glass board. Of course, people mentioned the Pebble. Yeah, right. Um, I, 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 obviously, a lot of people bought it, so that's how it rolls. But my opinion, I don't like it. I think the design is poor. Um, I think the concept, the execution, and the features are cool and interesting, but I think the way it looks, um, the overall execution, the kind of visuals on it, it just, it seems, it, it, it just seems very, I, I don't like it. I, I don't know. I mean, I just probably, I'm not trying to rain on anyone's parade. I, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. You don't have to like everything. Yeah, there you go. So mm-hmm. are the features cool? Sure. Are the I like I like that they're trying to get good battery life and they're trying to keep it simple and keep the screen you know one color and low you know not a color display because you really don't need a color display right a watch is meant to give information not look beautiful sure yeah I'm fine with that mm-hmm. um, the features all this stuff it's kind of a very nice package I think what people are attracted to are the feature sets are the notifications are the functionality mm-hmm. that I think is actually great I will give it that but the way the watch looks. Um, and kind of the execution of the visuals, of the graphics, of the display, I, I just, you know, it's, I, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now, just back to what you were saying about the watch thing, you just don't even like the concept of even having a smart watch anyway, right? Yeah, I really don't. And, and it occurs to me that, you know, I don't even, I don't want to accidentally look at what would essentially be a small computer screen. You know, I, I keep my phone in my pocket. Or in, in another room if I'm not using it, right? I don't want to be like sort of accidentally glancing at it, you know? And so if yeah. I had a watch, you know, that, that you know, every whatever few seconds or few minutes is reminding me that I have all this email to get through or something. Right, I'll right. Just, well, like, it would just drive me mad. I, I like I'd seen it. this other watch. The batteries only last for like two days. This, this Pebble watch is seven plus days, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I hate when, you know, it's like seven days or not, right? If it's seven plus, then say eight. But anyway... Um, I don't know. Like if I had this thing and every seven days I have to remember now to, to recharge my watch, mm. I'd go nuts. Like it's bad enough having to recharge your phone every day or, sure. you know, like, like when power goes out, you can't use it, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's done. So would you, even if this watch was beautiful and have everything, would you wear this thing knowing you have to recharge it every seven days? I don't think so. That's a and pretty you know, big, bur- that's a pretty big hurdle. You know what bothers me even more? This I think the watch would represent the the final stage of becoming slaves to the internet and to our devices and to the notion that we have to be always on, always connected, mm. always within reach of, you know, the brave new network. And yeah, I, I, I resist that. that idea. I can see that. You know, I, I love the web and I love what it does for us, but I also love the idea that I can be physically detached from it. Now, yeah. yes, you can take a watch off, but the general idea of the watch is you put it on, you leave it on. And so, you know, I don't, I don't like that. It feels, it feels more like a leash. Yeah, I guess I could see your point. In other words, the more, the more ways you have to be connected, the more ways you probably will be connected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now the internet literally has like a grip around one of your limbs. Mm. I, I, I can't take it. I, I, the idea is, if I keep thinking about it, I'm going to start to panic. 
Don't panic. I'm going to stop thinking about it. Let's move on to something else. Don't panic. Moving right along. Mm -hmm. All right. So I think on the glass bar, that was it. It was all about the watches, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. All right. So hopefully we've addressed your questions. As always, please, you know, communicate with us through the glass board because we're here for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So today, uh, this week's episode, let's get right into it. Working with Apple. So what what made me think of that as a topic for this week was, um, see, we are recording on Friday. So this happened yesterday for us, uh, Thursday where uh, on Twitter, um, a person expressed disappointment with how that Newswire is coming along at Black Pixel, coming along a bit slowly in that person's oh, sure. impression, which, you know, objectively, sure, that's true. Um, so well, you I, have to also remember, users, users I, I'm not going to comment on whether it's taking long or not, because I'm not writing the app. If I was writing the app, then I could talk to more, more about that. But sure. from a user's point of view... They want it yesterday. Mm -hmm, of course. Um, is it going over time? I mean, sure. Everything goes over time, mm -hmm, right? It's mm -hmm. how development works, right? right? But I'm just saying right off the bat, you know, Black Pixel's credit, things take time and problems exist. And as users, we say, well, come on, get something out there. But we don't know. The, the thing is, we don't know. Communication can solve this problem. Mm -hmm, um, sure. Uh, these are some lessons I've learned from the past. Blog about what's going on. Hey, you know, it's been a year since we acquired this and we're, hit, we're hitting hurdles. We know you want something, but we love you guys and we don't want to send, ship it until it's ready. Sorry, you know, sorry this isn't the answer you wanted, but we're still working on it, right? Because mm -hmm, right. then you leave users up to their own devices to then say, hey, you guys are morons or whatever, da, da, da. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I, I think, I, I just to say, is it taking long? That's what users say. Is it really taking long? No one knows. Only Black Pixel knows. Sure. So, well, in, in the course of this Twitter conversation, it, it came out uh, because of me that their stumbling block is iCloud core database syncing. And because that just is not at all reliable, at yeah. least not yet. And so, yeah, the syncing has to work. It has to work great, of course. And they can't ship something that that is not going to work all that well. So, uh, Black Pixel apparently hadn't said anything about that in public, and so I, um, I kind of did, though. <laughs> and so they've been outed, in a sense, right? Right. And I think, uh, I would imagine, I don't know, because I don't work there, I wasn't there, but I might imagine that the reason they haven't said anything about this in the past, publicly, is that they're afraid of uh, damaging their relationship with Apple, if they are uh, very critical of of an Apple feature, um, yeah, you know, that's, might, I mean, it's, that might make people at Apple go, "Yeah, those Black Pixel guys—they're not our friends, right?" They might have that fear. Well, from my our... point of view, I would say this: we work with Apple mm -hmm. to badmouth Apple publicly about something that isn't working doesn't help Apple fix it any better, mm -hmm. faster. Um, it also doesn't help the relationship, right? You don't badmouth someone you're friends with and mm -hmm. someone that you want something from, right? Sure. And then more importantly they're probably, if this is the case, working it out with Apple. I'm not saying it's fast. I'm not saying it's slow. I'm not saying it's even efficient or effective. I'm just saying they're, I'm sure they're trying to resolve these problems, right? Mm -hmm. So there's no reason to air them publicly, right? That only says to the partner, in this case, Apple, that you don't respect the relationship that you're working with. It says you're trying to bring in external sources to put pressure on them. Mm -hmm. So certainly I expect Black Pixel to behave in that way. Yeah, at the same time, though... I, I think it is a good thing for developers uh, to communicate about, as you just said a minute ago, about their, their apps to the users. That and, is correct. And, and there's a way to do it 
There's a way to do it. Exactly. No, that's, I agree. So that's the point back to the communication is they should have blogged about we're running into technical limitations and mm-hmm. not talk what them are about or point fingers or point whatever, right? Like you just talk about the problems and you communicate why there are problems and that you're trying to work them out. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to disagree, though. I think it it is a good idea for developers to uh, to say, hey, we're trying to use this feature from Apple and it's not working. And, and to be, you know, to not, not be anything but respectful, but, you know, point to, point to the radars that you filed. Or oh, I was, I, I, you can point out what's wrong. Oh, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You can point out what's wrong. I'm sorry, just to make sure it's clear. You can point out what's wrong, but don't do it in a making example of Apple kind of way. That's what I meant. Sure, right. Yeah. So don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to do it to basically say, well, Apple's not helping us, and so now we're going to bring it to the public to get the public pressure on them. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there are some developers that do this. Yeah, and that's, you know, trying to pressure Apple is like trying to pressure a, a cat. Correct. Uh, so we, we agree, we agree there that it's not, a good, it's not a good approach to just like, mm-hmm. like humiliate Apple, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. So cool. Stupid. All right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And, but correct, you should tell your users that we're not the holdup, Apple is, or mm-hmm. this framework is, or whatever, mm-hmm. and make sure users understand, hey, our, our hands are tied. We right. can't sure. continue, just like we're at Apple's mercy. Mm-hmm. Right. So I get sandboxing. Uh, yeah, sandboxing. As 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 my own app, uh, I can get into a lot of topics about sandboxing. But <laughs> you know, these are things that are not going to get fixed. Sure, we put pressure on Apple to fix them, but they're just not going to get fixed. I mean, they're just not. Mm-hmm. Like at least not in the near term, right? Sure. So you just keep pushing forward and going. But anyway, yeah. Okay. So back to what you're saying. Yeah, uh, it, it makes sense. Deve- developers have to have to talk, have to be public about about stuff like this, and. Um, it's very easy to be afraid and not say anything at all. And Apple is, Apple runs the App Store, right? They create the devices that uh, our code runs on. They create um, Cocoa and, you know, the various frameworks we use. You know, of course, we're living in Apple's ecosystem. And we rely on Apple as I say it. Absolutely. So, um, you know, it can be a little bit frightening, like, uh, you know, Oh my God! If I say something bad, will will that prevent me from ever being featured on the App Store? Or will that that you know cause my evangelist to stop talking to me or or whatever, whatever? Oh sure. But I think the thing is, you know, it, don't don't be a jerk about it. Um, talk about things unemotionally. Talk about them precisely. But go ahead and talk about them. You know, don't be afraid. And it's a it's a pretty safe bet that if you're running into bugs or frustrations or something, um, there are people internally at Apple who are probably quite aware and, um, you know, would like to see those things fixed too. Yeah, I would agree. And I think, I think also opening the dialogue. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think opening the dialogue with your users, in other words, if you're doing this to publicly humiliate Apple, then you deserve what you get if you get something bad, right? Because you're not trying to solve the problem. You're trying Mm -hmm. to publicly humiliate Apple. If you're actually trying to communicate with your users and, you know, whether this is a takeaway for Black Pixel and or other developers, I sure hope it is because I've learned from my experience in this lesson it is important to communicate with your users. And obviously, when they acquired NetNewsWire, they acquired users, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So keep them in the loop. You don't have to release, you don't have to, look, you, you don't tell them everything you're doing, but give them an update. Just give them a little bit of information that says, hey, we're frustrated. This is why, but we're working on it. Rest assured we care. We're still here. Mm-hmm. The yeah. more you don't say, the more people say, and the more it gets out of control. Yeah, and the thing is... It's PR, right? It's PR 101. Sure. You have to be careful with what you say, but you have to control what people think with what you say. Mm-hmm. 
And when you say nothing, people assume that you're deliberately not working on the application for some nefarious reason. Exactly. I mean, no matter how insane that is. Oh, know, absolutely. The, the idea that Black Pixel would have acquired Net Newswire in order to kill it or something. I, I don't or, think or people... To, the, the, the vibe I get from what people say is they don't... I don't think they want to kill it. I think they're just like, uh, like insinuating that they don't care. Right. And I know that that's not the case. Of course that's not the case. I, I mean, think they probably would, care... I think they care about it equal to as much as you did, which is kind of scary. Sure, yeah. yeah. So, no, no, no. But, but yeah, correct. It's crazy that people would even think they don't care. Otherwise, why would they have announced that they acquired it? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Right? Or, or otherwise, then people just think that they're trying to make news out of nothing, which mm. is not the case. Again, we both know this. Yeah. So, I'm just getting at communication could help. And, you know, if Black Pixel listens to this and they take my advice, and I hope they do, that's all. Just just a small little statement to say, you know, you don't need a big blog push. You don't need a big uh, apology. Just information. Mm -hmm. Controlled and detailed and focused information. Yeah. And, okay, so back to what the topic is about working with Apple Sure. If you have a problem with an Apple framework, call it out, but be respectful about it. Don't use your communication. Again, we're working with Apple. We don't work for Apple, right? We don't mm -hmm. work against Apple. We work with Apple. Yep. Apple wants our apps, right? They want a story to tell. They want something to feature on the App Store. Apple actually truly wants the developers to do good things. Our interests are all completely aligned. Okay. Yeah. We, 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 we firmly agree on mm -hmm. this. So the thing is... You work it out with them. When you can't work it out with them, well, it's time to communicate to your customers that you're having a problem. Sure. But remember, there's still a relationship and you have to respect it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. That, and there's kind of another part to the, to the PR angle of talking to your customers. There's a stereotype that, that non-developers have um, where they think of developers as whiny developers uh, the moment that they... Um, that they complain about anything or, or just point out something is not working or, or is or is not good. So you want to avoid that. You don't want to write it in such a way that you are easily described as a whiny developer. That's exactly. Tone whiny and, so and, and, and battling. Whiny yeah. and battling. Because mm -hmm. I've seen the developers, and you have too, that basically like to call Apple out. Mm -hmm. They like to air them out to dry, so to speak. Yeah. I mean... Ugh. All right, here we go. Newsflash. Apple's not perfect, everyone. Newsflash. Like, you know, <laughs> hello. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? Like, it's almost like hysterical when you see certain developers yell at Apple, like, how could they? How dare they? It's like, well, duh. Like, they're not perfect. Mm -hmm. And they have a big company and a lot of people and stupid decisions and decisions that we don't know why they're making, right? Yeah, They sure. may have app. And in fact, I, I would say they have deliberate reasons for everything that they do for the most part. Mm-hmm. And everything. Yeah, just like, I, I don't know. I just, so yeah, when you see the developers that call them out, I know you don't like it either. You almost get defensive of Apple. Oh, We've sure, talked yeah. about this on a few occasions. Yeah. Like you almost get like, oh, come on, that's not cool. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Don't, don't be afraid of Apple. Don't live in a relationship where you think if you say something or talk about them, they're going to get pissed. And if they get pissed, they'll let you know. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I know a couple of developers who have said something and Apple's kind of pinged them to say, yeah, could you take that down? Or yeah, I mean, you know, again, then you could get defensive and say, oh, well, they're trying to control us. But well, no, they're, <laughs> you know, again, PR, it's all about PR. Yeah. It's all, I mean, that's what Apple does best is PR, right? Yeah. Apple's good at it. Yeah. No yeah. question. But more than that, they're great at making products that are, that are worth talking about. All right, so here's actually a good thing we could talk about that I'm sure our listeners would find interesting. So you and I have been working with Apple for many years. Mm -hmm. 
and it's, it's <laughs> like most relationships, it's dysfunctional. <laughs> I don't right? know. It, yeah, sure, it has its moments, but I mean, yeah, mo- right. most mostly things work. You know, yeah. I, I don't have too many complaints actually. Yeah, but I mean, the problems like with sandboxing and other things during the course, there's always yeah. there's always things you run into that are always frustrating, right? Sure, right. And, it's and not the, highly dysfunctional, but it's dysfunctional. Right. right. The, the frustrating things are are the technical issues. Yeah. Exactly. Right. When you, so, yeah, they no, can no, exactly. Bananas. Yeah. Well, and and the fact when the buck stops there, like, oh, I can't do this. Well, it's a private API. Well, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the end of that feature that could have helped thousands of users. Yeah, like, right, indeed. I, I, as a designer, get the most frustrated when a technical limitation, let me rephrase that, when a intentionally created technical limitation stops me from implementing a feature that I want to implement. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that is the worst frustration I have because it could be done. Mm-hmm. It could be done easily with like one method. Mm-hmm. But guess what? You don't have access to that method. Mm-hmm. And you can't put your app on the app store if you use that method hmm. so i think for me the, the biggest frustration is when hey this should be working right you know the documentation says it it, it should work right the, the apis are there you know everything ought to work right this feature you want to do it ought to work it's all documented and you go through and you implement it and you just find bugs on apple side and you're like i i literally cannot do this thing because of bugs yeah, so I guess that's that are I, I, out of my control. Those are similar, right? Because yours is sort of handcuffs for the sake of something that should be possible because it mm-hmm. says it. In fact, yours is worse, I'd even say, because right. at least with mine, I know it can't be done. Right. It's horrible that it can't be done because it actually can be done. It's, mm-hmm. it's almost like a tease, right? Yeah. Oh, look at this thing. You can't use it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where yours is like, hey, look at this thing you can use. And guess what? You can't use it. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, yeah, and okay, I, I, I could see that. And it's, that's position uh, Black Pixels in with NetNewsWire. You know, iCloud yeah. core database syncing. Um, ought to work except it doesn't as as it's documented it should work yeah right and you know imagine how frustrating that is you you plan to use a thing you write all this code uh you start running it testing it you run across a few edge cases or whatever you try and work around those but then you find that there are things that you just can't deal with that there's literally no code you could write to work right. around some bugs and those bugs are you know are very very bad right right and, you know that kind of frustration is is terrible. Yeah. Well, I think also probably from the viewpoint of Apple's also promoting these features as features that users can use. Mm-hmm. And users and are yet, asking for them. Users and are users saying, are exa- Well, that's hey. the thing. They've set up, ex- that's exactly my point. They've mm-hmm. set up expectations for people to want these things. Mm-hmm. And then it almost looks like the developer dropped the ball by not having it. Yeah, right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, those those are certainly frustrating. But again... You communicate with Apple, you communicate with your users, and that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. Okay, episode's over. Bye, guys. No, I think that pretty much covers it. <laughs> but no, but that, you'd agree, right? Like, that's, yeah. that's what it, you communicate with Apple respectfully, you communicate with your users respectfully, and that's, that's all you can do. And the key there is respect. You, re, you respect all parties, yourself, Thank you. Apple, and your users. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, I, I think that is the takeaway for everyone listening, is that you don't have to be afraid of Apple and you don't have to avoid talking about Apple. Just remember, you owe Apple. In a way, you're working with someone, you know, company, something that has helped you create what you create, right? Mm-hmm. They create the tools, they create the products, they create the frameworks, whatever, right? Right. So you got to have some level of respect for them. Absolutely. Yeah. With the iCloud stuff that Black Pixel's running into, you can easily say, 
I, I could easily say, I have no respect for them over this, right? This problem's been going on a long time, and everyone knows about it and all this, but we don't know what's going on, why it's still going on, the problem, right? right I'm yeah. sure Black Pixel knows by now. I would hope they know if they've yeah, had an they open know. relationship. But on the other hand, Apple should do something about that to issue a statement or something. I mean, obviously, they don't want to because then they have to admit their stuff is broken, and then the stock price <laughs> takes a hit or whatever, right? Yeah, People right. jump all over that. Uh-huh. But the, believe me, I don't want that. The point are, is, are you, is an, like, are you an Apple shareholder? I am. I, I own one share. No, I'm kidding. I, I own. I own some shares. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I, I. You know, the funniest part is, I had a ton of when I worked at Apple. I worked in Apple back in early 2000. I had a ton of shares because they were cheap then, right? Yeah, right. And working there, I got shares. Mm-hmm. I had a ton, and right before well, the iPod had come out, but right before the spike, when the iPod was kind of like people were still not laughing at it, but people were like, "This isn't going to work." And then retail stores had launched, and they were doing pretty bad. And there were some lawsuits against Apple for price fixing and other stuff. It just was looking really bad, you right? Sold, but I made a profit. So okay. here's the here's the here's <laughs> okay. the here's the empirical question: If you sell stock and make a profit but would have held it for longer and made even more, is it a loss? No, it's not a loss. You ah, go- so that's how I look. That's how, that's, how I, that's how I don't cry to sleep at night. Yeah, right. If you, if, yeah, if you do that, you'll go crazy. It would have been, it would have been some serious buckage. Yeah, sure. But, but you know what? I made, I made money, mm-hmm. and winning is not losing, right? That's right. And you know what? It's, and I didn't know then what I knew now, so that was the decision I made, right? Like, look, nobody ever, went, nobody ever went bankrupt by turning a profit. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That does help me. I do feel bad about it. But hey, yeah. I then bought more when the, st- when the stock started going up and there was a period it came down. I said, I'm in and I bought some and now it's gone up a lot since then. Yeah, so, right. you know, it all, it all worked out. But yes, mm-hmm. I'm a stockholder and I do feel like it's very easy. Look, everyone wants to hate Apple. Even with Apple being on top, people still want to hate Apple. They wanted to hate Apple when they were down and now they want to hate them even more because they're up. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I think that's very clear. I'm not saying us. I'm saying... No, people who don't know what Apple does, right? People who don't get what Apple does. Mm -hmm. And on some level, maybe you won't agree with this, but on some level, we do have a responsibility as part of the Apple ecosystem, especially being developers that I would say we're we're pretty well-respected developers. Mm -hmm. We do have some, some level of responsibility to not defend Apple, but not make them look bad either. This was the respect thing we were talking about. Sure, yeah. Absolutely. Because if we come out with a big headline that, let's say, bashes Apple, and all of a sudden the, the mainstream media runs with it, mm-hmm. and Apple stock, sh- stock share takes a hit, mm-hmm. is that really fair to do to the company that we work with? We also have a responsibility to be, to be honest and, and unemotional, and when something is, is wrong, to say so. Correct. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point, though. You can say it and be understanding about it. Not just be bitter and attack Apple without considering all of the possible penalties. Sure, and it's important to be to be precise about it as well. You exactly. Know, you know. Yeah, you said that word earlier, and that's true. Precise, mm-hmm. because you don't want to also cover it with sugar. Right. That that's right. And if and I'm not implementing. I'm, I'm not sorry. I'm not implying that by the fact that I'm saying you know we have to think about Apple could have a big story and lose stock and all this stuff. I'm not implying that at all. That you know you hold back. You just have to be aware of these things because everything has a consequence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your relationship with Apple is, is a valuable thing. Yeah, very much so. People, Give and take, People right? at Apple have, have helped me a ton over the years, and I, I remain very appreciative. Well, good. Yeah. It's good. I mean, I, I feel the same way. Apple's always been good to us. Um, even in the prior companies I worked at, relationships were always good, and I think... You know, it's just like any relationship. What you put in is what you get out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
when you complain about something, let's say there's a bug, if you complain and then kind of walk away and don't hear back, well, you should have followed up. It's not Apple's job. Okay, I could argue it's their job to follow up, but, you know, they're busy, right? We're not the only developer that's emailing them with a problem, so I stay on top of them. It's their job. I mean, I'm not going to file a bug, not hear anything, and then, like, ping them on it, probably. I mean, if if I've got something that's stopping an app from shipping. No, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about showstoppers. Yeah, then, 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 you know, if time goes by, I'm going to, yeah, I'll ask. uh, Exactly. can you know is there anything I can do to help this move along? Of course, exactly. But it's in it's in the it's in the context of, of working together, of you know trying to help, trying to help something good happen. Exactly. And mm-hmm. from my point of view, that's how I've done it. If it's a showstopper, you ping them. If you don't hear back, you say hey. And usually they'll reply like, oh sorry, we were busy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? Stuff happens. But I've always found Apple to be very responsive or helpful. The answer may not always be what I want, mm-hmm. but they if we have a problem submitting an app or shipping an app. They want to help us. Yeah. I, I, I actually, you know, I, like I said, it's a dysfunctional relationship and there's things I love about Apple and there's things I hate, but hey, that's how it goes, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, but, you know, I, I develop for Apple for a reason. Yeah, because it's mostly love. Exactly. Yep. But, you know, I, I, there's a lot of frustrating things, obviously. I went back and I'm going to go back to it again it's with sandboxing. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it bugs me so much because I agree with what sandboxing stands for, which is user security. Yeah. But if you're going to have user security, then it has to be user security that doesn't have loopholes. Mm-hmm. And right now there's loopholes. Mm-hmm. That's about all I'm going to say. <laughs> Does sandboxing allow you to run, say like a mini HTTP server in an app? Does it have to get access? I, I think I think so. The question is, is does it have to get access to the file system? Because that's really the big limitation of it. I was just thinking though. Um, so imagine, an, and this is a tangent totally. Imagine an HTTP server inside an app um, that doesn't need access to the file system, but could accept HTTP requests from other apps running on the same system. Huh. I was just thinking about inter application communication. Right. It seems that Apple Script is is tricky in the sandbox world because I can't write a script in my app that um, tells some other app to do something, right? That's going to violate sandboxing, or at least as I understand it. So basically, could you run an HTTP mini server in the app? Mm -hmm. Is this what you're saying? Right. So the idea then is that, okay, well, if we can't use Apple script to communicate between apps, how about, um, you know, using HTTP? After all, we're already, you know, so many apps are already talking to the web, of course, using HTTP. We're all, we're all used to writing that kind of networking code. So HTTP, basically, you could send messages to the other app to mm-hmm. say, do this, or here's this bit of info, or whatever. Yeah, it's basically right. just the communication protocol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I don't know, just thinking out loud. I, I just wondered if that would uh, I'm looking, get around uh, some of the And with it, well, you're asking about iPhone or Mac, or both? Um, it, I'm really thinking about Mac, because on the iPhone, the other... If you're running a mini HTTP server and you're in the background, that server probably stops, right? Yeah. So iPhone wouldn't, it wouldn't happen wouldn't on the work, iPhone. But I was just thinking about the Mac. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a good, good. It's, it's, I mean, I guess we could find out, right? Yeah. Right. I've always... That would be an interesting thing. Cause then, like you said, then you can communicate inter apps, right? You could, mm-hmm. you could basically you would create a system. Then you could sell it sort of like a developer tool. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just throw throw this framework in, and and boom, you have a 
HTTP protocol. Right. And so you, you're basically kind of reinventing Apple events over HTTP. I feel a new company coming on, identical <laughs> cousins software. <laughs> I'll do the uh, UI if you do the code. All right. Of course, there is no UI. Yeah, well, right. yeah, well let's say a system preference. No, I guess there isn't any UI. Yeah, right. Yeah, an app either includes... All right, I'll write the documentation, all right? Yeah. I'll write the documentation. I have to do website. something. Yeah, right. Yeah. I have mm-hmm. to do something. Mm-hmm. Not that lazy. But yeah, I look into it. Although there might be other ways to do it. I, I wonder if there are better ways to do it. I, I think with sandboxing, you could still do intercommunication. I mean, Apple Script still exists. Right. But but could I have, a, have my app run a script or have my app run a script that communicates with other apps via Apple events? And I think the answer is no, unless <clears throat> I get one of those weird exemptions. Yeah. Right. So, but but I still, you know, I would like that ability. So... You know, what if we had a kind of Apple events over HTTP? The question is, would that be allowable uh, via sandboxing? And if it is, would Apple then change the sandboxing rules to make that not allowable? <laughs> they might, right? I mean, yeah. Well, the question is, does it open? Does it open? You know, basically, sandboxing is changing. Mm-hmm. It's my understanding they know they know about what's up. Yeah. Obviously, you know, XPC, of course. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's things out there to, to do things, and they're trying to improve things every day. Mm-hmm. Um, not that we'll get it until probably iOS 7. Sure. But they're aware of the sandboxing issues. I mean, I, 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 this is such a topic that you know I could go easily off on Apple on. But it's a tough problem. If you're really trying to sandbox the system to make security better for the users so apps can't nefariously do things, mm-hmm. it's a really big problem. Mm-hmm. But... You know, it, w- will it get solved so all the apps can still continue to... I-, I view the desktop, it's like Steve Jobs had said, it's a truck versus the iPhone being a car. Yeah. And that means the truck needs functionality. Mm-hmm. It needs capability. Yep. And the more stuff that gets taken away with sandboxing, the less capability, less capable a computer is. Yeah, right. So I don't like that. That actually bothers me a lot. Mm-hmm. So what will happen with sandboxing? Will functionality be taken away or will there be ways around it? One of the things I've always hoped Apple does, and I'm still going to hope for it because they never said no, but they haven't said yes, is a trusted developer program. Hmm. A program where they can look at, let's say, a developer that's been on the App Store for X years or has sold over, I don't know, X dollars in revenue of an app. I I mean, that might be a sketchy one because then that's not fair to developers who, let's say, have been doing well, but their apps don't do well, right? Sure, right. But I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. But basically, something that says, okay, we can tell you're a legitimate developer or if you're going to, you know, be a jerk later, then, you know, we can do something to revoke this, right? Mm -hmm. But something where a legitimate developer gets X, X allows them to do whatever in the app. It gives them access to do things. Mm Mm-hmm. Apple can revoke this at any time. Maybe there's something in the system that can, you know, I mean, everyone knows that on iPhone, supposedly, there's a built-in thing that they can stop stuff, right? Mm -hmm, right. They can remotely deactivate apps, Mm -hmm, right? Sure. So they should be able to remotely deactivate the permission for this certificate, right? This idea scares the crap out of me, though, because what you have now is Apple, you know, saying who's in and who's not in the club, and you can be kicked out at any time. So Correct, but of, you instead of you know technical decisions that have that have rules, you're just looking at you know personal decisions. Yeah, but it's pretty clear they're not going to make the technical decisions that allow us to do things because even the exceptions are very unclear. Mm-hmm. 
But what does that that do to our relationship with Apple if everyone's well, here's trying what I think to be it, one of those developers and Apple has that, you know, that terrible that power, power that power you know. to hold over us and lord over us. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I see it from that point of view, but here's the way I look at it. If you're not doing anything bad and you're making good apps, nothing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, all it's doing is giving you permission to do things you would normally do. Mm-hmm. And therefore the bad guys, if you will, right, don't get that permission. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if if it turned into, like you're saying, a power grab and it's sort of like, well, do what we say or you're out. Um, I mean, there'd be a lot of screaming, even from someone like me who respects Apple. Sure, because right. they can't arbitrarily take something away because of, I mean, they can do whatever they want. But I'm saying I, I would be really hard for them to do that, right? Mm-hmm. They, they're basically giving it to you because you're a trusted developer. Right. If they take it away from you... Think about it. They're technically hurting themselves because if you're a trusted developer, you're probably generating money for them and buzz and good karma and all that, right? Mm-hmm, sure. So it doesn't help them to revoke. The, the truth is they want more people in this club than not in the club mm-hmm. because they don't want nefarious developers on the platform. Mm-hmm. So to be honest, it's incentivizing to have people in this club. Yeah, but now, you know, you've got first class and second class. Oh, sure. And, and you know, the argument that, well... Um, you don't have to worry if you're not doing anything wrong. Okay, let's look. Wait, is, let's look at a great app, Audio, Audio yeah. Hijack Pro. I just actually this this is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Audio Hijack Pro is an amazing app, right? We use it for the show, yeah. And we know that they're great guys, and they can't be on the App Store with mm-hmm. it, right? And the reason why they can't be on the App Store is because you can't do this stuff under sandboxing. Yeah. But this is a great app. Mm-hmm. This is an app that people want, right? This is a this is an app that if if you if you I'm sorry, let me take it back. You need this is an app you need. It's a functionality that if you need it, you can't live without it, right? Their app does an amazing job at working. It's rock solid. It's well done. We love it, right? Yep, yep. But it can't be on the App Store. Yeah. Sure. So let's say this club existed where, you know, okay, they have the certificate and they're able to do things in the background, right? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're, they're able to get access to things they need. Mm-hmm. Well, now it can be on the App Store. And to me, that actually improves the App Store by providing a service where developers that are proven get and can do and can have. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm being a little bit like dreamy, but I just feel like it makes the whole overall app store better by having the apps that can't be on it now with the restrictions that are there. This seems so medieval to me, though. You know, the the Lord could favor certain tenants that he liked better, you know? Well, it's pretty medieval now that you can't have an app like Audio Hijack Pro on right, the app sure. store. Right, sure. But, but at least there are rules and, and they're pretty clear. All right. So basically you can't come into the kingdom at all. Well, yeah, right. But I mean, it frustrates me so much that an app like, yeah, of course, of course. I'm just doing the devil's advocate because I I see an app that's so great that can't be sold. Mm -hmm. I I just, that that, that bothers me. That literally bothers me that basically they're saying you can't have this functionality. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess they're not saying you can't have it. They're saying buying it directly from the developer. Yeah, sure. Right. It's still loud, of course. Actually, Audio Hijack Pro is one of those rare apps that I hate to say it this way. It doesn't really need the app store because it's, like I said earlier, need. Mm Mm-hmm. If you need this, you're going to Google for it and you're going to find it, right? You're just, yeah, probably. You're going, to, you're, going to, you're going to probably discover it. I mean, they're well-known. They have a good brand. And uh, while they don't market that much, they have a good brand. You know, I'll, I'd argue the opposite. It would never have occurred to me in a million years that, that, that this could even exist. If Audio Hijack Pro didn't exist, I wouldn't even know that it would be possible to, to hijack stuff from you right but if you say if you then if you go oh i want to grab audio from something and you start googling things like capture audio or grab audio record you might find it right right but and then all of a sudden you see it and you go oh but but here's what would have happened to me i i wouldn't even have thought oh i want to grab audio from something i would have just been browsing around in the app store seen the app and go oh audio hijack i wonder what that does and read right. the description and go 
oh, no way, I can grab audio from stuff. I never even thought to do that, but, you know, that would be cool. I would really like to do that. And then I would sure. have bought the app. So I may very well, uh, you know, okay, so that's now, it now, that way instead. Sure. And now to go back to me, because obviously I sell on the Mac App Store or the, or the or iPhone App Store, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you, your vast amount of sales, because we have our own store as well, happen through the App Store. Mm-hmm. Because if it's a good app, they'll they'll promote it. If you do well, you'll be featured, things like that, right? Right. Now, that's I'm not saying that happens for everyone, but an app like Audio Hijack Pro, I'd almost guarantee they'd get featured on some level, whether it's a new and noteworthy or something. It's a great app, sure, right? Yeah. Um, that being said, they would definitely have way of a more reach. There's zero question. But they are in a rare situation where their app, because of it enabling a... a a need rather than a want is something that people seek out rather than discovering. Does that kind of make sense? Well, it does, except that I'm not totally sure I, I, I agree that it's just a need. I think there's there's a lot of want here. And that's why but, it would be cool in the App Store. Yeah. But, well, there's want and need, but this is one of those rare apps that without it, you can't do what it does. Sure. So the need, the so need therefore the is need. very strong. Right. And that's what I'm saying. The need is a big driver mm-hmm. on discovery. Yeah, sure. Okay, if I need a calendar app, I can just Google for a calendar app. I might not find Fantastic Cal. I might. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I hope you do because I market it pretty well. But like, it's one of those things where calendar app or a dime a dozen, mm-hmm. right? Audio hijacking app. Okay, yeah, sure. There's other ones out there. I, I think they're the best, but they still have an app that there's not many out there that do this. It's not. It's not a common utility. Mm-hmm. Sure. So they kind of have that advantage, which is fine because they can't be on the Mac App Store anyway, right? Mm-hmm, so right. whether they have the advantage or not, it doesn't matter. I'm just kind of getting at that they have an app that kind of fulfills a need mm-hmm. and that immediately drives people to find it. Right. You're right. There are certain people that may say, oh, I can't even find this app or I didn't even know this app existed. So why would I look for it? Sure. Yeah. But I think, you know, uh, you know need is the, what is it? Mother of all invention or whatever. Necessity, necessity is the mother of all invention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, if there's a necessity for this app, which there is. They've invented it. People will find it kind of thing. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, still, yeah, though, yeah. they would make more money if they could be on the App Store. Without question. Yep. And it is kind of disappointing because, as I said, people of the Mac App Store don't get to find out about this app. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that, that makes me a little sad. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But, you know, you do what you got to do. And Apple has its rules and it has a sandboxing. And as I said, you know, I, I get why they're doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I just... It, it just it's frustrating when you have these kind of edge cases that really could be fixed if there was more I don't want to say if there was better thinking put into sandboxing, but if there was if sandboxing wasn't done without considering all apps. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a good way to say it. it. I mean the exclusions on the app store, oh, this is another thing. Let me let me actually be an Apple defender for a sec. The amount the amount of apps that are not on the app store are pretty low that can't be on the app store. Sure. It's, pr- I mean, it's, 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 I mean, uh, pretty, very, very low. Mm-hmm. I could probably name only like four right now. That's okay. pretty low, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, could you right. name really more than four apps that aren't on the Mac App Store? I, in fact, and I even think, four would be a stretch. Right now, I'm only thinking of besides Hijack Pro, uh, Text Expander, and Hazel. Uh, Text Expander is actually on the Mac App Store. Right. But the latest version is not, I believe. That's true. Um, what was the reason for that? I, I, should I don't even remember. I, it was sandboxing, but I don't remember more specifically. Yeah, but they still do have a version on it. Right. But they on can't, the Mac App Store. But they can't put four, I guess it is, on the, on the Mac App Store. Yeah, is that how it is? Yeah. I should know this. I'm really good friends with them. I feel 
I feel bad now. All right, so yeah, cannot be sandboxed due to the latest restrictions. It's no longer available. Those at Mac App Store need to download, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, so basically, yeah, the latest version is not on there. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that's that's the rule about that you had to be sandboxed by a certain date, and if you weren't, you couldn't have new you couldn't have new features. Mm-hmm. So it's still on there. I think I think three is still available on the Mac App Store. Right. Sure. So okay, I'll I'll accept that as a it's not on there. Four isn't, but three is. So at least people discover the app, right? Mm-hmm. And then maybe they buy it later, and then you know they even say here we'll give you an upgrade or whatever. Yeah, so, maybe they do. I, I have no idea. But no, but there's a per, fair enough. It's an example. Mm-hmm. So what's any and any other ones? Oh, oh uh, Hijack Pro, Fast Scripts. That's something I use all the time. Fast Scripts and Text Expander are you know just a Fast part scripts. of my you know normal workflow. I don't even think about them. They run in the background, do the things they do, and um, no, they could never be on the App Store. Hopefully, we'll get a lot of Glassboard activity on this one. Um, the developer, actually, do you know Bajango, B-J-A-N-G-O? Oh, sure, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, the iStat menus and stuff. Mm-hmm. I use yeah, um, I, I, Scala Preview all the time when I'm in Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And they also have a Scala Preview is great. And they also have um, another cool one for uh, iOS called Consume. It's kind of a neat, um, it's a usage monitor, basically, for mobile broadband and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so really, they, they're, they're great guys and good apps, and um, they're not on there. They can't be on there. So there's another one. Isn't um, Scala on the App Store? On the Mac App Store? Yeah. I don't believe so. I think it is. I'm searching for it right now. No, it is not. You're kidding me. I'm not kidding. All me. right. So there's another another app I use yeah, really, I guess, all see, the time. See. Yep. Let's see. Yeah. I think that's it. I'm trying to think anything else quickly. Um, actually, okay. Here's another great app that I use all the time, and I got to give them a shout out. It's called Reflector. Do you know this? Mm-mm. It used to be called... Man, what did it used to be called? Hold on a second. Do my super fast Googling while I got this. So it's called Reflector now. It used to be called... Um, man, what it used to be called? I think it used to be called Reflection. Okay. Let me make sure of that. Reflection. They had to change the name. No one knows why. Yeah, it used to be called Reflection. Now it's called Reflector. Mm-hmm. Um, try to get in the show notes or, or try to link it up. Um Basically, it allows you to AirPlay mirror your iOS device on your Mac or PC. Okay. So if I need to record something directly from my device, it AirPlays it to my Mac and makes a recording. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is baller, dude. You've got to get it. All right. If you're a developer and you need to be able to make movies from your iPhone, mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. talking the simulator. I'm talking the device itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Basically, mirrors it onto your Mac, records it, nice. you got a movie. Yeah, it's really, really well done. Um, so that's reflectorapp.com. Okay. And, um, yeah, so, uh, so there's another one that's not on there. I mean, that one I get, I mean, that's doing like mad stuff in the background sure, and airplay yeah. and hacking yeah. and all that stuff. But, but regardless, it's still not there. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know who else is not on the app store? I got to give a shout out cause they're friends as well. Uh, you know, the eCam apps like Printopia mm. and PhoneView. I haven't used them, but I've heard of them. Yeah. So eCam, uh, it's ecamm.com. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they also cannot be on the Mac App Store because they're doing a lot of hackery. Um, Printopia, for example, it allows you to do air, print, air, air printing using your Mac. So you set your Mac up with this system preference pane, okay. and boom, you can just print. But you can print directly from your iOS devices. You can even save files directly to your desktop and stuff like that. It's great. Oh, okay. Cool. And then PhoneView is sort of like a call log, voicemail, app data, SMS manager for your iPhone, another cool app. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so those aren't those aren't on the store either. Right. So we're finding there's a lot of apps not on the store. Yeah, I bet if we started digging, we could probably find yeah. a lot. And and they're useful and, and cool apps. And um, I totally forget what our what our point is. Oh, uh, the point. No, the point here was is that it's kind of disappointing that there are 
um, apps that you can't discover simply that can't be on. Right, and, of course, and yeah. you know, they're, they're hurting, in a sense, they're hurting the user experience of a Mac by not letting them discover apps that actually exist. Mm -hmm. And highly useful apps, no question. Apple should know this better than anyone, right? Hardware and software are why the Mac is great. Mm -hmm. Yep. Both, right? Yep. So now all of a sudden they've artificially, in a sense, removed an app like Audio Hijack Pro. Mm -hmm. Now people will never know about this functionality. Right. Again, sure, they can find it and discover it on their own. They will. But, I mean, I'm sure Audio Hijack yeah. does pretty well, but yeah, yeah, yeah. just imagine. But, but oh, fair enough. But the, the, the goal is, is that, you know, you have the Mac App Store. What's the purpose? To let users discover great apps. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? They're not discovering these great apps. Yeah. Yeah, it's frust that, that kind of thing does frustrate me because then I'm all about user experience. I don't care about anything more than user experience. Mm -hmm. And user experience means having great apps to experience. Yep. So any other uh, final thoughts about working with Apple? Hmm. 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 No, not really. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the short takeaway version for me, the too long didn't read mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, version is... I love Apple. I love working with them, but it is like a dysfunctional relationship. Nothing's perfect, but I'm still doing it all these years. So clearly it's not that bad. Yeah. And um, to be honest, they're really, really good with their developers when their developers are really good with them. It's mm -hmm. kind of a give and take thing. Sure. And, you know, for better or for worse, I'm an Apple developer. Yep. For better. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, no but, you know, you're right. You're right about what you said earlier. There's no reason to be scared of them and not talk about them. Just be clear, be honest, and be respectful. Mm -hmm. Yep, simple as that. All right, anything else before we uh, shut her down? You know, I think we're done for the day, cousin. Um, yeah, let's call an episode and sign off. Sounds good to me. So uh, you cued the intro music. I'm going to cue the outro music. <laughs> Adores a minuet, the ballet roots, and crepe Suzette. Our patty loves to rock and roll, a hot dog makes her lose control. What a wild duet! Still their cousins, identical cousins, and you find. They laugh alike, they walk alike, at times they even talk alike. You can lose your